October 22nd. As we look into the New Testament today, we'll be reading from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. We'll open up this book for the first time here, and we'll go through verse 18. And we'll see here in 2 Timothy 1 that uh, perhaps some of the so-called enemies that attacked Timothy are attacking you and making you want to give up. Beware of self-pity. Timothy was having a hard time in Ephesus and wanted to leave. Perhaps that caused his tears. When you start feeling sorry for yourself, remember that others are praying for you and that God still honors your faith. We'll also read about neglect. Be careful of that in uh, your life. Timothy had neglected his spiritual life, and the flame was low on the altar of his heart. No wonder he needed to exercise himself. And also watch out for carelessness. Paul committed the message to Timothy, and Timothy's responsibility was to guard it and share it with others. Again, the Spirit of God enables us to be faithful. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. October 22nd, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. It is written to Timothy, my dear son, may God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. He is the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I know that you sincerely trust the Lord, for you have the faith of your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So you must never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for Christ. With the strength God gives you, Be ready to suffer with me for the proclamation of the good news. It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the coming of Christ Jesus our Savior, who broke the power of death and showed us the way to everlasting life through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. And that is why I am suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of right teaching you learned from me, and remember to live in the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. With the help of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, carefully guard what has been entrusted to you. As you know, all the Christians who came here from the province of Asia have deserted me. Even Phygelus and Hermogenes are gone, 
May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family, because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in prison. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know how much he helped me at Ephesus. What I want to do primarily is one thing. I want to testify to this. I want to testify of our Heavenly Father's wonderful, saving presence in our lives. Our Heavenly Father's wonderful, rescuing presence in our lives. In hopes that when your life is difficult, when you're facing times of uncertainty, overwhelming odds, difficulties, darkness, that you'll be inspired to remember the promise of Scripture, that the Father is with you. And in those times, that would be for you, as it has been for my family and I, enough to know that your Father who loves you is with you and He sustains and holds you in the darkest hours of your time here on earth. When life hurts, when things are messy and seem out of control, when all is unfair, unkind, and seems to be ending badly, what is the issue? And what does it mean to not be afraid? That's ludicrous. What does it mean to not be afraid? And what does it mean to fear God in those times? Jesus explains, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. Therefore, do not fear. He doesn't say that a sparrow will never fall. He says the sparrows will fall. Christ and Scripture are very very forthright. Bad things happen, even to innocent little birds. Bad things happen. Tragic, unfair, senseless things happen in this world and in our lives. That's just the way it is. What he's saying is, they do not happen apart from your Father who is in heaven. Bad things happen, but they do not happen apart from your Father. God is never absent from the equation. As the NIV puts that phrase, sparrow will not fall outside of your Father's care. Bad things happen, but it never means that your Heavenly Father doesn't care. Jesus says, don't, don't be afraid of what can kill you. Cancer is not the thing to fear. Fear God. Fear God. Don't fear circumstances. Fear God. Don't fear people. Fear God. Don't fear pain. Fear God. Don't fear death. Fear God. Don't fear what they might do to you. Fear God. Don't fear rejection. He says in an interesting way, fear him who can throw both body and soul into hell. Kind of strong language. In the New Living Translation, it says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God. The idea being, He's the one who's greater. Exemplified by the phrase, Who can destroy both soul and body in hell. People can only do so much to you. But God is far greater. He holds eternity 
in his hands. He's getting it. He's trying to make the disciples think about the things of eternity. Don't be overwhelmed by the mere temporal circumstances as bad as they are. I want you to think about eternal things and let it bring you to the fear of God. This is what it means to fear God. To fear God is to revere, respect, honor, extol, and trust Him enough to believe by faith that He is good, sovereign, and present when life is hard, cruel, and out of control. That's what it means to fear God. And then to honor Him in that way. You see, life is always going to present things that will incite fear. Right? Illness, impending death, rejection, financial hardships, failure, loneliness, abandonment, the unknown, loss of control. And when these things happen, we have a choice to either fear God or fear everything else. And to fear God at the very minimum means to trust Him. Everything around you is saying He can't be trusted. Faith in the pace of pain is this trusting God's goodness despite any apparent evidence against it. Jesus moves us to this logic. The reason that we don't have to be afraid is nothing hard happens apart from our Father's care. So we, we can't accuse God anymore of not caring. Jesus said that's not true. He always cares. He's always present. And his presence proves that he cares. And it soothes our fears. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. It's the only answer to that question. I'm in the valley of shadow of death. I won't fear evil. Why? For thou art with me. Psalm 90, verse 1, through chapter 91, verse 16. Well, the somber tone of this psalm suggests that Moses may have written it when the nation rebelled in unbelief at Kadesh Barnea. God announced that everybody 20 years old and older would die within the next 40 years. No wonder Moses prayed. So teach us to number our days. Now, in light of eternity, life is brief no matter how long you live. You need God's help to use your days wisely and joyfully. There is real satisfaction in doing God's will, revealing God's glory, and growing in God's beauty. Now what a relief to uh, turn to Psalm 91 as we continue here. I turn to this psalm and move out of the shadows into the sunshine. In light of the sobering admonitions of Psalm 90, we appreciate even more the sublime assurances of Psalm 91. The theme is security. God preserves those who abide in Him and love Him. These promises are not for people who run to the Lord only in times of danger, but for those who dwell in His presence and make the Holy of Holies their habitation. Psalm 90, verse 1, through chapter 91, verse 16. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Before the mountains were created, before you made the earth and the world, you are God, without beginning or end. 
you turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust. For you, a thousand years are as yesterday. They are like a few hours. You sweep people away like dreams that disappear, or like grass that springs up in the morning. In the morning it blooms and flourishes, but by evening it is dry and withered. We wither beneath your anger. We are overwhelmed by your fury. You spread out our sins before you, our secret sins, and you see them all. We live our lives beneath your wrath. We end our lives with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some may even reach eighty. But even the best of these years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear, and we are gone. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to make the most of our time, so that we may grow in wisdom. O oh Lord, come back to us. How long will you delay? Take pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us see your miracles again. Let our children see your glory at work. And may the Lord our God show us His approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting Him, for He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with His wings. He will shelter you with His feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying all around you, these evils will not touch you. But you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your dwelling for He orders His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with a long life and give them my salvation. Proverbs 26, verses 1 and 2 Honor doesn't go with fools any more than snow with summer or rain with harvest. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an unfair curse will not land on its intended victim.